Well, well, we are week zero. Week zero. What's week zero? Well, we're here at week zero, and uh, it's one week till students start. That's really what it is. You know that week. We call them teacher work days. I'm not sure what we're doing on those other days, but not working apparently. Okay, wait, let's get carried away. Some people call them in-service days. You know the days, the days when all you want to do is set up your room and get everything ready, except you can't. <laughs> Because the week is filled with like professional development and meetings and the like. So, but you know what? It's all good because on our end, at least, because we're ready. We got everything ready at our last year, at the end of last year, during those end of the year teacher work days or in-service days, we got our plans together. We created PowerPoints. We created presentations. You might have seen these online. I posted them a couple places. Our whole curriculum map ready to go with our Monday units, our Tuesday techniques, our Wednesday artists of the week. So all that was organized. Everything's ready to go. We had it all together, <laughs> but you know what they say about the details? They're in the details, so we had it all together, or so I thought. So it's true. As far as the big stuff goes, we were ready for art anytime, anywhere. And that's primarily what this uh, podcast is going to be about, our attempt to set up Art anyway, Anytime, Anywhere, uh, week zero. So to recap, Art Anytime, Anywhere is us allowing our students to sign up for art. Just art. You don't have to be art one, art two, art three. Just sign up for art anytime, anytime that fits their schedule. This means all our classes are gonna be mixed. So there's no more, like I said, art one, art two, art three, etc. It's just art. So everybody's in there together. Um, it, it also means uh, the art anywhere part means that students can work in any room. Um, they can work in any space. They can work with any medium. So we have two rooms, they're connected. Um, and we have different mediums set up for those two rooms, um, centers, if you will, uh, set up in each. So for example, in we have two rooms, a Studio 202, in Studio 204. It, number one challenge, uh, learning to say Studio 204 instead of saying, hey, my room, your room. The kids are going to be in your room doing ceramics. The kids are going to be in my room doing acrylic paint. No, we're setting it up by, uh, it's both of our rooms. So that's one thing doing with a joint teacher for anytime, anywhere that we have to get very used to, even though it's just words. It's a, it's a new thinking in our mindset there. So talking about mediums, for example, yes, I said it uh, in Studio 204. That's where you will find the acrylic paints. So we're trying to keep all the acrylic paints in that room. If you want to paint, we expect that you will be in Studio 204. Similarly, if you want to work in ceramics, well, Studio 202 is all set up. The glazes are in there, the working tables are in there, slab rollers, all that stuff is in there. So if you're gonna be working in ceramics, you'll obviously head to Studio 202. So kind of little things like that. Um, but we realized we had a lot of more challenges than just deciding where medium was gonna go and setting up centers. Uh, big picture stuff, yeah, we had it all together. But the deturn, <laughs> the details, the deturns, <laughs> I like deturns even better. <laughs> so the deturns, it turns out, are in the details. So for example, week zero, uh, we realized that we had several challenges. Here's uh, just to name a few. Um, taking attendance. If students can be in a Studio 202 or 204 and it's no longer my classroom, your classroom, how do we take attendance? And during grades, if it's no longer my classroom, your classroom, how do we do that? What about fire drills or uh, lockdown drills and alarms and things like that? We had to figure that out. Uh, and we had to put some processes in place. For example, uh, if you've never been in an art room before, uh, clay distribution, allowing students to work in, uh, in ceramics or if they've never uh, worked really in uh, acrylic paint before, are we just gonna throw a canvas at them? Like these little processes we really need to think about, the deturns. <laughs> so I'm gonna go over a few of the deturns that we ran into uh, in week zero, and I'll explain how we're handling them. So if you 
you ever decide to do art anytime, anywhere, or co-worker with another teacher, co-work with another teacher, these are things that you were going to think about week zero. Number one, uh, we had art journals. We're having art journals put together, and we had to have them printed, and we had them printed for all students, and they had to be the same because they were for any student, anytime, anywhere. So we did that, um, and really the way it's going to work is uh, it, we have week one in there with a project matrix, and the project matrix has on it... To start with, uh, stage one, identify, it all starts here. We're asking students to circle a standard and learning target. Now, in the past, we have tried to let them choose from a selection of learning targets. We really narrowed that down because we're gonna have a lot of a mixed uh, art one, as you would call them, mixed in with art three. So some of these kids have done it and some of them haven't. So we decided to give them, for the first few weeks, the learning targets that they will be using. So for first week, we're just asking them to choose one of two. Uh, I'll even tell you which they are. We're gonna say, uh, I develop skills, which is I will improve my knowledge of an art medium. So if they've worked in a medium already, more of the advanced students, or even uh, someone coming up from middle school that's already worked in pastels and they wanna continue working in pastels, they could use this learning target. I develop skills, I will improve my knowledge of an art medium or I develop skills. I will incorporate new skills and or techniques into my work. So for those kids who haven't had art in a long time or, or just have never had art and are coming in for the first time, that's a great one for them. They can in, in, in learn new skills or new techniques. So that'll be great learning targets for week one. So we're gonna ask them to choose one of those two so they're not having to uh, choose from a big list. They can just circle it right there on the project matrix. The second uh, line there in our project matrix is stage two, explore, learn some stuff. And we ask kids, especially the first few weeks, to go to our portal. So it's theartportal.weebly.com and select from week one a, uh, a technique that they can use. There are video techniques linked up to YouTube, really, uh, where they can learn a new material or a new skill or a new technique uh, by watching a video and getting the materials they need. And it coincides with the units. So, for example, if the first unit is nature, there might be how to draw a bird in color pencil. Let's just say, for example, so something like that. So we are asking them in that to fill out that part of the project matrix. The question is, what materials are you choosing to explore? What skills or techniques are you trying to improve? So that's right there. They can just put down, hey, I watched a, uh, a video on YouTube on how to use color pencils better and it helped me draw feathers. Great. Stage three, we're just asking them to describe what you created. Stage three is apply, make the art. So they're gonna be in the studios making art all week, really, a couple techniques maybe on Monday, Tuesday, but by Wednesday they should have an idea of what they wanna make and should start making it. So they should be able to, if it takes till Friday, that's fine, describe what you created. Hey, I, after all, decided to make an entire bird using color pencils and it came out swimmingly, cool. And then last but not least, stage four is the reflection, so how'd it go? And we are asking that what went well, and what can be improved for future works of art. So our project matrix is a little different if you've seen our project matrix in the past. We improved on it. I think it looks pretty good. We're gonna see how that goes. So that is all in the art journal along with places to create thumbnail sketches. So it's like a little sketchbook for them as well. They can create some thumbnail, thumbnail sketches and then uh, they can show us those and we can talk about their ideas, help them pick out the mediums, you know, facilitate the art room, which is what our teachers should be doing in there, right? Okay, number two, what about hall passes? Okay, this is great. We, our school actually has a system they put in place last year for hall passes. Each room has a hall pass with a sign out sheet and a color coordinator native bathroom. So students are only supposed to use the bathroom 
bathroom that is in the hallway, <laughs> where which is color coordinated for them. So, for example, uh, well, the purpose is they don't go, hey, I'm going to go use the bathroom and then go use the bathroom all the way on the other side of the school. Now that's you know then they're out there for for half an hour going to the bathroom, meet up with their friends and vaping. So we wanted to cut down on that at our school. So our hallway is a green hallway. There's a bathroom, little green card above it, and when our students leave, they go to the green hallway. Now we could have just left one pass in each room with a sign out sheet in each room, but then you're really not keeping track of kids because you're not sure where they are. They could be in Studio 202, they could be Studio 204. So we have decided, and this was the thing we had to figure out, we were going to put both passes in one room, the sign-up sheet in one room. So if you want to go to the restroom, that's fine. Go into Studio 202, take one of the passes available, uh, sign your name out, Take uh, go down to your green bathroom, <laughs> come back, sign back in put the hall pass back please easy peasy see that wasn't so hard but it was a detail that we hadn't thought about what about fire drills now here's where it gets a little complicated i may know every student all 60 students between room 202 and 204 and when they go to the bathroom i may know it or the other teacher miss belter may know it but what about fire drills now i really have to account for a whole bunch of students not just one student going to the restroom so we did assign what we're calling base teachers when they get their schedule they are actually assigned to a teacher uh, so sort of like homeroom right you can go into either studio 202 204 you can work with either teacher myself or miss belter but when it comes to fire drills when we go outside you need to come up to me i need to make sure that i know that you are outside you are safe and you are not in the building um, catching on fire because we have a rule really no catching on fire in the art room uh, it's a very uh, popular rule we have signs all over the place so kids know not to do that so the idea of base teachers comes in handy there and for lockdown drills and the such that when we need to make sure all our kids students are accounted for we can you can go to your your base teacher and i or i can call hey i need my base kids call them up <clears throat> Base kids makes it sound like I really deep voices. That'd be cool. All right, next challenge. Uh, where do we start? We've got 60 kids coming between two rooms. How do we get them all together to show them a unit? We had to think about that. There's another D-turn we had to think about. Uh, we are going to start in Studio 204. Yes, we're going to bring all kids into all students. I always say kids like they're my kids, but I think all teachers do that, right? We're going to bring all the students into room Studio 204. To start with, I've... Uh, left a big space in the middle of the room where the chairs are set up sort of in rows and they can come in and sit in one of those chairs or lean against one of the tables and we will do our initial presentations. We will uh, show our Monday units, we'll show our Tuesday techniques, we'll show our Wednesday artists of the week. So for those three days they will start in uh, Studio 204 and then they can go into Studio 202 and, and work on, if they're doing ceramics they can go in there, they can stay in 204 if they're working on uh, acrylic paint and they can do other materials in both rooms. For example, if you're working in color pencil, you can do that in either studio. If you're working in pastel, either studio, pencil, pen and ink, either studio. It's just the big messy things we've kind of separated out there. So that that was a big that was a big decision to make though, how we're gonna do that. So the students are gonna have to learn that process, and I think they will because we can just shut the studio to two door and just tell everybody, hey, come on in to studio two oh four on day one. Which brings up another question. How do we take attendance? Now I've got 60 kids in the room, I need to take attendance. I could sit there and call out their names for half an hour, uh, but that was one solution we, we thought about. We could have gone to each other's base teacher's room first and then gone into 204, but then that starts to separate kids or students by 
see, I do that all the time, gosh, by, by teacher. And we didn't want to do that either. We didn't want them to think like, oh, I have Mr. Sands or I have Miss Belter. I have to. That is my teacher. I can only talk to that person. We want to eliminate that. You can talk to either of us. Work in either studio. So trying to eliminate that, saving that base teacher stuff for, for serious stuff like fire drills. But attendance... Uh, you can you can talk to the teacher. So the solution was, and I believe we're going to do this. We're just going to have a sign in, just like when you sign out on the passes. There's going to be a sign in, especially on day one when we're still learning a lot of the freshmen's names. Uh, they would just sign in as they enter Studio 204. It can be a little sign up sheet there, and they can just put a little check next to their name. Uh, we can learn the names as we go uh, through the room. So there will be no signed seats. They can work in either studio, as I mentioned, and it's going to be up to us as teachers to walk around and learn students' names. And I got a little check. I use a burn book. I have my burn book. It's basically my notebook that is disguised like the burn book. So the cover looks just like the burn book for Mean Girls. So they all think I'm writing nasty things about other teachers, but I'm actually writing stuff about them. And on each page, I have a student's photograph that I got out of power schools. Yes, you can print the photographs out of power schools, have their name in there. So I can look at them in the picture. I can look at their face and recognize their name. So I can learn their names that way. And also I can write notes about them. Hey, little Johnny likes to uh, work in acrylic paint. I'm going to work with him on that. Or this student over here does not seem to be doing anything. What, can we, what interest can we find in them? We can spark some uh, enthusiasm in their lives. So that all goes into the burn book. And that is the one way I will learn their names and also help with attendance. Uh, but the sign-in sheet from day one will be the way to go. Ah, uh, great grades, grades. So that's another thing, another deterrent. Grades. How do you grade if you're co-teaching? Well, we have a few things going on there. Number one, we've kind of both agreed on how we're going to grade in the past. Anyway, so we gra- we're already grading. We're already kind of doing the PLC, uh, have similar grading processes, which has really helped to streamline this. But, you know, at the same time, they're throwing in that student, uh, what is it? based grading, standard-based grading, that's it, SPG. Standard-based grading, they've asked us to start looking into that, so we've kind of had to start to really manipulate our grading uh, without going into much detail about how we do it, because it's very complicated, which should really be very simple. Uh, (laughs) Well, it it is, it's simple enough, but we had to uh, decide, it it, it was a D-turn. How are we going to grade with this new SPG system that the school is asking us for, and how do we incorporate that into our system? So we had to really sit down and think about that. In short, I will tell you that we are grading on uh, really kind of three things. Engagement, student engagement in the class. So you're involved in the process all week. So if you come in Monday and, and you, you listen to the presentation, you do some video tutorials on Tuesday, on Wednesday you listen to the Artist of the Week presentation, Thursday you've got an idea, you're up and running, you're making some art, and by Friday you have either completed or have started a project, at least started it, it's in process, then you have been working all week. That's going to get you uh, 70% of your grade, which is a 98. Along with that, we are asking them to turn in their project matrix completed, the form I mentioned before, answering those four questions. So we have documentation, we have an artifact documentation of what learning target they picked, what tutorials they watched, what they decided they were going to make, and what went well and what didn't, so we know their challenges. And that gets turned in on Friday. It's part of that engagement right there, so that's that 98. And last but not least, we're bringing back Seesaw. Yes, we want to have that artifact. We want to know visually, we want to be able to see what they're working on, even though most cases we'll be able to see it as we go around. But this really, um, it helps them because they can prove to us what they did, helps us, we can see what they did as co-teachers in case one of us missed something. So in Seesaw, all we were asking them to do on Friday is go into Seesaw, take a picture of your work, 
either completed or in process. We don't care as long as you can show us what you did that week. Take a, and and post it to Seesaw. So there you go. You've got you've worked all week in the process. You completed your project matrix. Turn it on Friday and you posted to Seesaw. Boom, everything there. That's your 98. That's your whole. That's your whole 98 grade. But actually, it'll be a 99. Believe it or not. But that's another story. All right. So rating. We've got that under control. Wow. What's left? Oh, phones. This has nothing to do with art anytime anywhere. I'm just throwing it out there because people ask about phone policies and such, but our school is implementing school-wide, so I have no say in this really, a, um, a hang up your phone kind of policy. They've got us all shoe bags, I guess you call them. You know, those little pocket pouches you, you with numbers on them. You, you put your phone in them and, uh, at the beginning of class, and then you can get your phone back at the end of class. Uh, there are some things I didn't like about this. Um, one is I really don't mind if kids are using the phone in class if they're using it for a lot of times they'll use it for constructive purposes. They actually will watch a video or tutorial on the phone. They will look up art ideas and concepts on their phone. They really rely on their phones a lot. However, the other side of that coin is that they text their friends a lot. Sometimes they'll watch videos that aren't art related that uh, like uh, The Office or uh, one of those doctor shows with all the cute doctors. So um, it, this um, sort of eliminates those issues because it's a school-wide policy. So we have been given the pocket pouches by the school and have been told to have the kids hang them up. And then if we want to allow them to use the phone for a school function, that is that is for our discretion. Uh, I felt, and I think Ms. Belter agreed with me, that I'd rather go all or nothing. I, I really don't want to even deal with it. If this is a school policy, it's really easy for me to just say, hang up your phone, you can have it back after class. But that did leave the question in a place where it's an open studio and students can roam from 204 to 203, 202, excuse me, uh, randomly kind of looking for materials, working on projects. Where can we put these pouch bags where they're not easily accessible in case there was someone who decided just for fun or for uh, entrepreneurial spirits to take someone's phone and make it their own? Uh, so that became a challenge there. So more deterns we had to deal with. Where do we put these pouches? finally settled in I have a closet the doors swing open on both sides we could hang one of the pouches and the doors shut and lock so when students come in we are going to ask them to go put their phone in their pouches and I will shut and lock that door and open it up again uh, when they're ready to leave uh, and one of the other benefits of leaving them locked up in the closet as opposed to having them out besides the obvious they can get stolen is that uh, I felt like with them hanging in a pocket where kids could access them, uh, the first day they'd leave them in there pretty much the whole class. And then the next day they'd be like, uh, I'm just going to get my phone out a couple minutes early. I need to check something. And then it becomes 10 minutes early. Then it becomes 15 minutes early. And next thing you know, that whole system collapses on itself. So by locking them up, the closet's locked. They don't even have access to them, which is probably a nice thing. I did add one caveat that uh, I think Ms. Belter agreed with, which is that on Friday, we would let them have their phones 15 minutes early in case they wanted to use their phones for Seesaw. And it's sort of like a phone free, but that sounds like you don't get a phone. A free phone, free phone Friday. A 50, 15 minute free phone Friday. It's a lot of, well, anyway. Well, anyway, anyway. <laughs> they can have their phones 15 minutes early on Friday, like I said, for the purpose of seesawing. So those were the biggies. And it doesn't, maybe that list wasn't as long as it sounds like it was. Gosh, it was about 20 minutes worth of list, wasn't it? And I know none of it is really tab or choice based related, but I just wanted to share with you some of the D-turns that we really had to concentrate on on this week as we get ready for Monday, week one. 
<laughs> I'll come back next week and let you know how, how week one went. All right. Thanks for following along and get out there and make some artists. <laughs> <laughs>